This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is brought to you by Text Expander. I am a massive fan of Text Expander, and I'm so happy that they're sponsoring the Productivityist Podcast. If you want to learn more about Text Expander, just go to textexpander.com slash podcast, and you can learn more about this tool that I have been using for years. But do that after you're listening to the show, which is about to start now. Welcome to the Productivity is Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, Angelo Poli joins me. He is an internationally recognized expert in fitness and nutrition, and he's the founder of MetPro, the world's first algorithm-based transformation engine. I've been using MetPro. We're going to discuss that during this episode. Uh, using a process called metabolic profiling. MetPro analyzes your metabolism and provides an individualized approach to obtaining your health goals. Now, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I've been using MetPro for a while. Uh, MetPro uh, has uh, so, uh, I guess, nicely offered me the ability to do it because the proof is in the pudding. And I wouldn't normally uh, take on something like this, especially with so much going on in my life right now. But if anything, it's been a benefit for me to doing it. So uh, I'm going to say right out of the gate that uh, I'm not paying to use MetPro right now. They're offering it to me as as part of a, a, a promotional package. So right out of the gate, I'm going to let you know that. But uh, I don't really get this excited about uh, or accept these kind of offerings for things that I'm a not willing to use myself and b again aren't getting a lot out of. And so my discussion with Angelo is going to revolve around uh, how it's working for me but also you know why he started MetPro what 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 why he's so passionate about this stuff and how it relates to to time management and personal productivity. So we both have this nice conversation. In fact, it's it's this is a much longer episode than usual. So keep that in mind. And uh, there was so much that we could get into. So I, I just wanted to put that out there right up front. There is a lot of value in this episode, but I wanted to make sure that you knew that up front. Now, Angelo has been featured uh, for his specialty in neuromuscular re-education, so posture and alignment, and weight loss sciences in major media outlets such as Men's Health, Sports Illustrated, The Wall Street Journal, and he's a regular contributor to The Huffington Post. Foley has spoken at conferences uh, such as TEDx and continues to be a wellness consultant for multiple universities and hospitals around the country. So he knows what he's talking about, and he he walks the walk just as much as he talks the talk. We talk the talk a lot during this episode, and we explain how now I'm kind of walking the talk as well when it comes to uh, you know the idea of getting myself in better shape. Uh, if you've been following me for a while, you know that one of my monthly themes uh, that's been consistent over the early part of this year has been fitness and nutrition and wellness. I'm trying, you know, you know, productivity is intrinsically linked with those kind of things. And so we're going to dive into that during this episode. So sit back, relax, strap in, because this is an hour long episode, more than double of what we usually have, but I think it's well worth the time and attention. So here's my conversation with Angela Poli here on the Productivity is Podcast. I'd like to welcome Angela Poli to the Productivity is Podcast. Angela, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. So let's get this right out of the gate. I did a bit of an intro off the top, but I think that uh, for those of you, those out there who don't know who you are, uh, it'd be great to get some insights as to you know who you are. And then I want to dig into a bit about you know um, the idea of what MetPro is because I've been using the program uh, going on. I think we're we're getting in between the three to four week mark now. And then we'll, we'll dig in a bit to MetPro, but I want to like, first off, who are you and what got you interested in the idea of, 
of, of, you know, the idea of fitness and nutrition and strength and all that stuff and how, how you could help people who may be struggling with that, especially busy, busy entrepreneurs. That's great. Okay. There's a lot there. We'll start with who I am. I am nobody. That's who I am. (laughs) I'm just a guy that, um, you know, going along, living life, whistling, um, happy as can be. Had a back injury when I was very young. Uh, I always say very young. I I was in my early 20s. Uh, Took me out of the game. And uh, I was in health and fitness, wellness, nutrition, training, all that sort of stuff. And so I I just had to make a decision. Am I going to move forward in this career using my brain? Um, or am I going to fail trying to use my body? <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of how MetPro was born, uh, not out of any particular passion for uh, fitness or training or diet or weight loss or any of those things individually, but rather a intense passionate for the why, how, strategy behind it. And all of those areas can be optimized. And unfortunately, very few people are really taking advantage of that. They're taking general principles and philosophies. There's so much out there that we hear and they're applying as best as they can without individualizing it to them. And that's really where the delta, the difference between people who get exceptional results um, versus those who get marginal results. And so I'm very, very passionate about helping people um, learn the, the most uh, effective strategies for transforming their bodies. So this evolved out of basically, and, and we find, tend to find this with most businesses and especially people who are entrepreneurs, is that uh, the, the, they had their own problem, their, their own you know, itch to scratch, and that led to what you're doing now, basically. Yeah. I started with, you know, I just started with the the fitness community. Um, and believe it or not, years ago, I worked with even the bodybuilders, physique competitors, uh, figure, bikini, the whole nine yards and that sport. And then it just that kind of evolved. And I started working with more executives. Then I ended up working with uh, a bunch of pro athletes. Then, then now we work with everything from the celebrities to business entrepreneurs to grandparents who simply want more energy, want to thrive in life, and they want to know how to sustain it. So if someone wants to, where does someone kind of begin? I mean, I know where uh, it's not for me as an example. I mean, I've, I've gone through several programs. And one of the things I've learned over the years, um, which is akin to what you know, productivity and uh, personal productivity and time management are related to is that um, it's, it's a lifestyle and not a diet, right? So that's one place that I've kind of, once I had that mindset and it locked in, it's made it far easier for me to say, okay, this is not just something that's a, uh, I can do this for a short period of time, a quick burst, and then it's done. It's got to be part of, you know, part, it, it has to become part of who, what I do and who I am and how I operate. But if someone isn't even there yet, where does someone begin? Call us up, uh, have a conversation with somebody who specializes in what we specialize in. And I'll give you a brief illustration of what we specialize in. I I do sometimes retreat and seminars and things like that. People will come to these and will say, Mr. Poli, you know, I I know that, you know, the names that you work with, the athletes or this, that, and the other, you know, what's your secret? You know, what's the best food to eat or what's the best exercise to do? And I explain to them, "You're, you're asking the wrong question. That's not the secret to my success. If you want to know the secret, to our success with our clients, 
time management. So right in line with everything you preach, Mike, it's all about time management and getting the most out of your strategy. So we can break up those strategies into, I don't know if you want to dive into this now, but there's, there's five brief areas that we look at when we first uh, go into an evaluation with someone to figure out what is going to produce the greatest results. There's five areas that we always look at when entering into developing a strategy for someone. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great place to get into, especially because when you say time management, but th that it's almost like it's, it's, it's it, to me when when that comes up, it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely something that people wouldn't think of at first. Like you said, it's like, you know, I, but I thought you do fitness. I thought you do nutrition. Well, yeah, but no, it's time management. And oh, so yeah. dig in. So dig into those five, because that that opens and maybe unlocks the door for some people who are thinking, oh, that's why. So, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> I've dieted now almost 20,000 people. I've been doing this now two decades. Um, and I can tell you the magic number of things that people can adopt, habits they can um, maintain, and strategies they can implement with excellence at once. And that number is one. <laughs> one thing. If you try and do 10 things at once, you're going to achieve all of them with flaming mediocrity. <laughs> so instead, let's really dial in one thing at a time and quickly move to the next. So what really ends up rising to the top here is the most important thing is having a rock solid priority hierarchy. And believe it or not, that's where most people struggle is what should I be working on? Uh, obviously, you know, people come to us for a host of reasons. What do you, you know, what do you think the most popular is? Weight loss. Of course that, you know, people want to know, and that's the area. It's not that that's more important than any other area of wellness or fitness or nutrition or training. That's the area that is shrouded in the greatest amount of mystery and false uh, expectations, misunderstanding, uh, advertising that's misleading. People don't understand how the metabolism really works. Well, and the other thing really quickly is that it's also the thing that you can, you can quantify, right? Yes. I've lost like, so it's visible. It's not, it, yep. it, which is very similar to when people are looking at their to-do list or inbox zero, for example, I went through 286 emails. It's something that you can tangibly like count and see versus like say qualitative productivity which is you know i've finished that larger report well how long you know how many times i don't know i just worked on that deeper deeper work thing so yeah it's one of those things that people go okay i can measure that therefore it's the thing that my mind gravitates towards because you get that that dopamine hit or that that sense of okay i'm moving the needle even though sometimes as you're about to get into is it the right needle? Is it moving in the proper direction? Do you, you know what the needle looks like? Absolutely speaking, my language, Mike. Yep, you, you hit the nail on the head. So the very first thing that we help somebody evaluate is, and I tie these together, your body type and goal. <clears throat> so body type is a lot of people just don't understand how their genetics will influence their outcomes and how that obviously has to be mapped into their emphasis and priority hierarchy and strategy with both nutrition and training. But moving a step further, goal setting, we do as a process of elimination. So I actually reverse engineer goal setting with my clients. So I, I know what you want to achieve. I, I've done this a couple times. Let me guess. 
You want to lose some weight. You want to lean out. You want to put on some muscle. You want to have more energy and you want to perform better, right? (laughs) Right. That's what everybody wants. (laughs) So what I'm more interested in is of all of those things, which can we eliminate? Which are you okay not focusing on right now? So I'm going to take you through a process of picking of all the things you could achieve. Now I want you to take one off of that list. Okay, good. Now I want you to take two more off of that list. We're going to boil it down to where we have one or two items ranked in priority, and we're going to achieve those with excellence. And that is the foundation of getting results is the specificity. Most people that call us, some people need just to really start from square one and learn the basics, but most people that call us are already savvy typically are educated when it comes to fitness and nutrition. In fact, we work with a lot of doctors and individuals in the medical field even, but they're coming to us to really understand how to move the dial. And they have to move from being a generalist to a specialist in a way that's going to have meaningful impact to their body. And therein lies the secret sauce Because what's going to work for one person is not going to work for another. I know we hear that all the time. That's the infomercial. What works for one person won't work for another. Well, I would like to explain it to you. I'd like to explain and quantify exactly what that means and how you can figure out what will and won't work for you. And so that's the first piece. We identify what your actual body type is and your goal. Because for a lot of people, it's important to understand the implications of that. So if you're coming and you're you're working with a MetPro concierge coach, <clears throat> this is not a, well, we're going to slide a piece of paper or email you a piece of paper with a canned list of here, do this, do that, and the other thing. We tell everyone the same thing. No, if, if you say to us, my goal is to improve my, my half marathon time, or my goal is to bench 300 pounds, or my goal is to just, I need to drop 30 pounds. I just need to take it off quick. Your program is going to look completely different for each of those three goals. So I need to know which is the most important to you so we can check one off and move on to the next. So that's how we approach goal setting. Does that make sense so far? Totally. And, and one of the things uh, recently on a, the podcast, I had Jeff McMahon on to talk about virtual accountability. And especially one of the things that that I've noticed since, you know, working with MetPro and using MetPro is um, it's all well and good to have that, uh, to have the, the, the goals in mind. The accountability is key, but I, really key. But one of the things that, you know, I've noticed is because you have a framework in place and it's flexible too. I think that's the other thing I want to get to too. It's not exactly like super rigid where it's like, this is my, you know, it, it's very flexible because, and that allows you to frame the accountability allows the, like someone like me who, you know, have tried other things or whatever you can, you can actually have um, freedom within that framework to, to um, still hit your goal, but without feeling like you're um, without, without the, the, uh, I wouldn't say biases, but the the things that get in the way that, you know, the Mm -hmm. part of your brain that goes, ugh, this is too hard or this isn't (laughs) worth it. Or I, I, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. I think that there's that element there too. So when you have that framework with the accountability inside of it, it creates this, this environment that 
supports you rather than just having the accountability on its own or just having the framework on its own. So again, speaking my language here, Mike, you just hit number two of our five and even dabbled in number three. So the second thing on our list is lifestyle. I mean, it seems like that should be obvious, but now we have to take our goals and our genetics and compare that against our lifestyle and our actual reality in order to come up with the best possible strategy. So if your lifestyle is um, you have access, you're home regularly, um, you know, maybe you have a nine to five type of situation in your life. Um, maybe, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, whatever your circumstances, that that's going to look one way versus we had an article a couple years back came out about one of our clients that we were working with uh, in the Wall Street Journal. And he was, and this is not an exaggeration, he was literally in a plane about 26 days out of the year. So the strategy for him is going to be completely different. Uh, if we assume no matter what, this is you know one, one strategy for everyone, that's how you lose. So in his case, we won. We, I mean, he's not going to be on the cover of GQ anytime soon, but he dropped 25 pounds. He lowered his blood pressure. He got fit. You know, he, he's winning. He's succeeding because we adapted micro workouts that he could do on the go, even in his hotel room. He is a master at using uh, Starbucks menu and getting those protein bistro boxes on the goal and it got on the go and having a routine. And we have a strategy mapped out for his airport food, for dining on the run. Uh, that's that's where the lifestyle comes in. And here's the critical error that, and it's easy to make this mistake. Here's the critical error. People, because of how people in the wellness and fitness and weight loss industry talk about it, it tends to circle emotion. And that's a huge part of it. But getting in shape, losing weight, improving performance, it's not a choice that you make. It's not a decision. In other words, when I when I give seminars, I'll ask, hey, raise your hand if you want to lose a few pounds or get a little bit stronger, right? Everybody raises their hand. It goes back to everyone wants that, right? It's not a choice. It's a skill. It's a skill that unless we've been trained in, we're not very good at. You know, you have to learn the skills. Like in someone who wants, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an accountant. I want to be a doctor. You got to go to school for, year, to, for years to be good at that. Well, what I'm trying to get people to understand is if you invest just a few months of your life into a well-rounded and calculated education on how to optimize health, nutrition, weight loss, performance in, you know, in this day and age, in our technical go-go uh, multitasking society, that's how you come out on the winning end. And so that's why so much of our focus is education-based and individualized because we have to know what we're dealing with. Are we dealing with someone who's traveling a lot? Are we dealing with someone who eats meals socially? Uh, here's just a little snippet. I love snacks and I use snacks not for the reason you'd think. The reason I love snacks is not because I think people just have to eat all the time, but because most people do not eat snacks socially. So I can say to you, hey, Johnny, I know you have a board meeting at lunch and you guys are going to end up over at the, you know, the place you guys always eat. And I know at dinner you're going out with your wife and kids. But at 2.30 in the afternoon, I want you to eat an apple 
and 20 almonds. Can you do that for me? What's he going to say? No, I can't. No, I can't do that. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, be around someone. I, that I don't want to make them feel bad that I'm ordering different from them, this, that, or the other. Snacks are easy to get hyper-specific with. So just knowing what someone's lifestyle looks like on a day-to-day basis is the foundation for really building something that is going to give them a return on their investment. You know, one of the things that you're, you're talking about snacks here, and then we'll get to the third piece in a second, because I know I touched on that a little bit, yep. is uh, the snacks for me have been interesting because they're the things that I've been very consistent with. They're the ones that, that? it's the same thing. Yep. It's the same, because I can, and and again, speaking of customization, I mean, I've got uh, two things. Number one, I've got kids. So dinners are everything else, and, and we'll get to prep and planning later, because I have, I have definitely some thoughts on that, because I know there's some meal prep involved, and that can yep. scare the hell out of people, especially <laughs> when it comes to like uh, the time management piece. But, um, so I, I've planned all of my meals in advance, they're prepped except for dinner. And the reason I have kids, I have a family, none of the, you know, yeah. I have to be very cognizant of what they're going to want. And then what we do is we kind of work around that. That's, that's been something that I've been able to do. And that's perfectly fine. The other thing is I remember when I first got on, on, on my first call and we were doing the prep and, and, uh, my, my, uh, my coach said, um, so yeah, breakfast, like as early as possible, I'm like I'm a night owl, I'm like I'm not up at seven. Like, that's just not who I am. I said, but again, the family piece, I need to eat dinner with my family. So all we've done is swapped the afternoon snack with dinner. So because Ah. it's right. So basically it's lunch and then, you know, it's a later lunch, then it's dinner. And then later in the evening, you know, probably around eight, I think it's eight, eight 30 between eight, nine, two, three hours. I'll have my, my afternoon snack. And then that'll be the end of that. So it's, it's allowed me, there is that flexibility there where when people take a look at these, especially when they don't have, again, that person, uh, right. they, they go, okay, this is, oh, I can't do this because it says that the afternoon snack needs to be at this time. And I'm not that I get up. <laughs> like, so you, you're the, anything that the resistance as Pressfield calls it, or, or, um, you know, that lizard brain that, that Seth Godin talks about anything that's the, 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 the brain goes, no, 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 I don't want to do that. It will find a way to say, no, no, no. See, see, I don't have, you know, how am I going to have dinner with my family if I'm eating dinner at eight o'clock at night? Sorry, yep. can't do it. Right. So, so I think that's that's something to to draw attention to is the fact that like the snacks I've been very consistent with the dinners and breakfast or the lunches and breakfast I've modified as I've gotten better at, at, at the, the prep. And we'll get into that a little bit a little bit uh, down the line here. But let's talk about that third piece that I touched on earlier that you said, hey, you you kind of wrap that in there a little bit as well. See, that's excellent. Everything you brought out to see you're working with Megan. She's exceptional and uh, not her first rodeo. See, so it's it's easy to assume, well, you know, somebody else doesn't understand that they don't have the same circumstances as as me. Well, this is our entire lives revolve around our careers are focused on understanding people's lives and how to make adjustments and modifications to help them fit, to help them win and be successful at whatever their goals are. And so you used a word earlier that. Uh, I really like, you use the word framework. I love that. So that's really now we get down to the nuts and bolts of, hey, I've, I, I give me something of substance. I want to take 20 pounds off. How do I do that? Because I can go online and I can read from this guru or that guru uh, and they all tell me something different. Which one's right? 
So let me give you a little framework for that. They're all right. Every one of them. And I'll tell you something else. You, you're not going to find someone else who's dieted more people than me. And guess what? I don't know what you need to eat to lose weight, which means nobody else does either. But I know how to find out framework. If we give you a baseline meal plan, so we, we use, we have references we call baseline meal plans and benchmark meal plans. And what those are is basically a parsing unit where, uh, yes, it's going to be more structured. And I understand not everybody can be that structured on going, but if you can do it even for a few days, then I have a, uh, baseline with with variables that have been eliminated and I can find out exactly what is and isn't working for you. So I can put you on a meal plan where I know all the variables. I know how many calories you're eating, what your macronutrient breakdown is, protein, carbs, fats, the meal timing, the glycemic load. I know everything about what you're consuming. Therefore, whatever the output is, in other words, whatever you weigh on the scale, however you feel as far as energy and productivity, is absolute truth for you. And, and here's another kind of sobering thought. I can't promise it's good news. I can't promise it's bad news. What I can promise for every single person we take through this exploratory process is it will be accurate news. That's what I can promise. And at least once we have accurate news, now we can build a cohesive, justifiable strategy. So Case in point, I have someone come through. I, I got a guy right now. He's 320 plus pounds. Um, he, he gets on his elliptical almost every day. He's eating about 1,900 calories a day, which is very low for someone that size. And he's lucky if, if he can get a pound to budge off in a week. There's nothing fair about that. But at least I know that that is his reality, so I can build a strategy considering that. And then at the same time, I'll work with I got a I got a gal who's you know barely 115 pounds, and she's eating 3,500 calories a day. And if she even misses her snack, she'll wake up the next day a pound lighter. That's how fast her metabolic rate is. So there's nothing fair about metabolism. Influencing factors are your past diet history, your genetics, what you're eating now, your training. There are a lot of influencing factors. What I need to know is where your metabolic rate is now. And based on that information, then we can actually build an intelligent strategy for you. So our... our Third point, our third um, area that we evaluate is if somebody is metabolic or uh, strategic. And what that kind of means is when we evaluate someone, we learn that they, they fall into one of two buckets. If your goal is weight loss, we're just it, it applies to whether you want improved performance, muscle development, or weight loss, but just using weight loss as the vehicle. If your goal is weight loss, Either the reason you haven't achieved your objective is because you have failed to find the habits and lifestyle that you can implement daily and consistently, which would mean that when you do implement clean eating, good diet, regular exercise, you drop weight. The problem is just 
in the implementation. So that's one type of client. The other type of client is, hey, they don't have significant implementation issues. They're fairly dedicated to a process. The problem is they've tried everything. They've done everything. They're already eating clean and the scale isn't budging. And let me tell you, that's one of the most frustrating feelings in the world is to go online and to read about, hey, how do I lose weight? Slow metabolism, um, stubborn plateau, and then to read from expert after expert after expert and only to find that you're already doing every one of the things that they recommend. We get a lot of people like that. And that's where benchmark and baseline testing help us identify if you fall into that category. And if you fall into the metabolic category, that means we have to take a different approach. Restricting further is not going to get you to your goal. Some people say, well, you know, if I'm, if I skip a meal here or there, I'll be a pound lighter the next day. But if, if you have 20 plus pounds to lose and you're already being very restrictive, that's just simply not going to work. The way we have to get there is we have to force your metabolic rate up. Then we'll have the leverage to then go into a cutting cycle. And I, and I can talk a little bit more to that, but basically the second category, the third category rather is identifying your framework. Are you strategic or metabolic? And then addressing your issues individually based on that data. And we get that data by baseline testing. You went through that process, didn't you, Mike? Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make, or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. So we're going to take a break right here before I reveal whether or not I did go through that baseline testing and also what my results were. But now I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Text Expander. Now, as I mentioned off the top, I have been using Text Expander for a long time. I'm a huge fan, and there's plenty of reasons for that. Uh, Text Expander has been uh, a staple in my productivity workflow for a long time. It works for Mac OS, it works for Windows, iPhone, iPad, and now it works for Chrome as well. And making and editing snippets is even easier with Text Expander's new visual snippet editor. Now, I've been using Text Expander for a long time. And this new visual editor has just made everything just a breeze, uh, you know, and I'm still creating new snippets to this day. You know, there's always things that I'm finding that I'm typing repeatedly or that I need to uh, refer to again and again when it comes to, like, say, sending emails or, for example, like doing things like show notes and things like that. Uh, I want to be able to make things as quick and efficiently as possible. Repeated text, things like that. Text Expander allows me to do that. Snippets work everywhere that you type. So you can use yours in email. I do that. 
Word, if you use Microsoft Word, Slack, we use Slack here at Productivityist, web browsers, and more. So anywhere that you're typing text, snippets will work. Text Expander will work for you. Companies use Text Expander as well. They use it for Teams. So there's this Text Expander for Teams component. I use it, right? And they use it for customer support. So anything that's repetitive, some frequently asked questions kind of stuff. They use it for reports, email, once again, uh, and anywhere else that they need consistent and accurate text. And this is really important, especially when I'm working with, uh, you know, team members across the miles. And my assistant, for example, I can say, hey, listen, um, here's what we want you to say when we're talking to, say, a potential guest for the show, or we're, you know, we're going to enter specific text for show notes, or we're going to do things for blog posts, or we're going to do, you know, X, Y, or Z, or Z, depending on where you're from. Uh, <laughs> I can have that snippet created so that if I'm not necessarily able to be the one that is going to send that off, or I don't want to be the one, uh, there's a consistent messaging that's going out. So that's really, really important. And, you know, if you really love telling everyone about Text Expander like I do, there's an affiliate program so you can learn a little extra along the way. Now, again, I've been using Text Expander for a long time, and I think that anyone who has been using it for a long time uh, has fallen in love with it just as much as I do. You talk to any, especially because it started out with the Mac and, and, and you know, OS X and all that stuff. If you, Now that you can use it in so many other places, I think it's it's just a no-brainer. Um, it, it will eliminate the decisions you have to make around typing repetitive tasks, uh, repetitive text, rather. It'll it'll do all of that for you and so much more. So I want you to get the best out of Text Expander. So if you visit textexpander.com slash podcast, you'll get 20% off of your first year of Text Expander. Remember, you can use it anywhere now. It's not just usable on the Mac and on iOS devices. Windows, Chrome really huge. Chrome is you know, such a popular and powerful browser. Now you can use it there as well. So again, I'd like to thank Text Expander for sponsoring this episode of the Productivity is Podcast. Now let's get back to the show. I did. And and the, the great thing about that was it was for, I think it was for 72 hours, the initial. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, it was great because it, while it was the, the initial baseline was it was restrictive in what, not what I, uh, not what I could eat, but mm-hmm. how much I could eat of different mm-hmm. categories. And I think that this is key. I think that one of the things that I was concerned about was, okay, what am I not going to be allowed to eat? Cause that's what a lot of people go into programs. Like, like I know when I did one program, I'm like, okay, I can't have this, 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 or this. <laughs> and so your brain goes there immediately. But with, especially because I was using, because the, the MetPro app shows you, hey, okay, here's what, here are these categories and here's what you, what falls into these categories. And then there's certain amounts that you can put in. So I was, the restrictions weren't based around the foods. It was based around the intake of a category of foods. Exactly. So, so I wasn't yeah. feeling like oh God, I can't have mango or, oh God, I can't have this. Like it was, I was surprised, uh, uh, during the baseline testing. I think it might've been baseline. And even a little bit after that, that I could have popcorn. I was like, oh, okay. Like this is, you know, so it was one of those things where there were these fundamental delights that I found throughout the process that made it, again, we talk about frameworks, frameworks, especially, uh, frameworks that are, um, that are built in such a way that they are, they have some flexibility, foster freedom. They allow you to go, okay, I know I need to add this much from this category. Oh, look at all the things that fall into this category. So you're not feeling, um, it's not too, uh, not too hard, not too rigid and not too soft. Like, you know, it was able, I was able to say, okay, this is just right. I know I can have 
an apple. I know I can have this. And, and so it was during the baseline, uh, the, uh, th- th- that worked out really well. And then from there, it's kind of, and it, and the thing is it's evolved too. Like once that happens, it's like, okay, yep. you've hit a plateau. I think I've just hit one actually. Then, then things get adjusted again and evolved. And, and the other thing that I want to bring up, which I think is important, uh, other than the restriction part that is in your own brain, like, oh, I can't eat this. Or I can't do this is when you do have events that like you talked about the lifestyle part that pop up, that take you, maybe a little bit off the beaten path. There's no judgment surrounding that. There's no, (laughs) you would think that because that's another thing that comes to bear is like, oh no, if I have that beer or I have this thing or I have this social event, what am I going to do? Uh, I'm going to hear from it from my coach or I'm going to hear, or I'm going to see it because it's very, there's, there's transparency throughout, Um, but that doesn't happen. Now, I mean, I'm not going to say that you go like this consistent, like, again, it's the consistency. If you go consistently one way, or the other, uh, if you go the exact opposite way and say, okay, I'm going to have beer every single day. Yeah, you're going to see that in the results. But but when I when I had, a, I think it was a ball game I had to go to. It was an opening night of a ball game here locally, and I had a couple of beers. There, yep. as, there was no, you know, I said to Megan, hey, I got this coming up and I got this coming up. Uh, that just having the information there was important because it provided context. But beyond that, there was no like, okay, Mike, well, that's like, there was none of that. And I think that that's important because in my own head, I was doing that before, before (laughs) Megan said, Hey, listen, this, this kind of stuff happens, right? Real life, real life, Mike. So we are all, I mean, if you haven't already gotten this idea, we're all data junkies. That's what I'm after. So if you went through a baseline testing meal plan and you're reasonably consistent, I have all the variables. I have your inputs and outputs. I know how your body's going to respond. If you have an off day, off weekend, or you go out one night and you have an event, you have a couple beers, that doesn't throw off my calculations. I know exactly what that means. You're probably not going to lose weight that day, right? Unless you don't. And this is the thing that, that, some people would be, uh, you know, more likely to do. And again, having that person there was helpful is they wouldn't record it, right? They would just say, Oh, I don't want, I don't want this person to know, or I don't want to, but then you're skewing the data. So you're skewing the data. Right. So for me, it was very clear, like, okay. And I actually, when I, when I've, when I have gone off, I've erred on the side of caution and said, okay, well, I think this is this. So I'm going to say it's at least I've been more liberal probably than conservative, just because I'm like, I don't know how much is in there, but I, I'm guessing it's this. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, okay, well, yeah, you, you, this is why. So that's the other thing is because there's no judgment, there's no fear of being accurate with reporting because you're not sitting there, it's, which is the same that happens on it. You know, one of the things that happens with people with their to-do list and productivity is that they, they, they oh, I didn't get this done. Um, I'm not going to like, okay, so here's an example. Uh, if they, if they don't have a project broken down into its smallest particles, so they don't have tasks on it and they, their boss says, Hey, have you worked on that report? Well, if you, if you have a task on your to-do list that says work on report and you, you didn't, you did work on a small element of the report, but you, you check that off. There's no real data there. All it says is you right. worked on it, but you're not specific enough, which you alluded to earlier, but right. if you broke it down, 
like you do specifically with within the app, especially and within what you guys do. Um, if you could say, hey, well, what's a what what goes into a report? Oh, well, I have to do some research for this. I have to write 500 words for this. So if you actually break it down and then you say, hey, you know what? I will work on report. The report is a project. And did I work? on? Oh, yeah, I wrote 500 words for that today. Then you're being forthright. There's a story behind there. And that then that then when your boss says to you, hey, what did you do? Have you worked on that report? Oh, yeah, I wrote 500 words of the this today and I did the research for it. You can provide accurate data. And, and that's what we run into is we we tend to think so big because it, the the bigness is it, 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 it's the thing that makes us feel accomplished. I want to drop 20 pounds instead of I want to drop, you know, a pound every other day or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm being very, very reductive right, here. Right, but yeah. it's, it's about breaking things down. So that way the story is more accurate and it's not, uh, you know, it's not a grapevine where it's like, hey, this is what the story was. And then by the time it gets to the end, you're like, oh, well, that's not the real story at all. I don't know what really happened. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> you hit the nail on the head. That's it. And if you have the data, uh, which is what we focus on, then we know what is realistic and what is not because again it's not fair what there is is it's it's all kind of like the uh, the thinking process of you know how'd that work out for you so a lot of people and i have another saying and that is there's no such thing as should what i'm interested in is what is because should is trying to compensate for fairness. You know, we all have two eyes, two hands, two feet. We think there should be some sort of parity. In other words, if I take the same steps as the person next to me, I should get the same result when it comes to metabolism. And everyone's going to be shaking their head going, "Uh uh-huh, that's right. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Two people can do the exact same thing and get two different outcomes. So if we're not tracking the details of those outcomes, we don't know what the next steps are. And the skills are different too, right? It's all based on, like, it's the same thing. When I talk about productivity, I don't say it's productivity. I say it's personal productivity Mm -hmm. because you might be excellent at Excel spreadsheets and I may be terrible at them, but I might be excellent at social communication with people getting on the phone and closing a deal, but you might not be. So it's very subjective. And I, I think when you try to put everything in that one bucket, that the reason people do that is because then it, it creates, uh, it creates more of an objectivity, but a lot of this stuff, the objectivity should be, uh, you know, the big, like we need to get this project done. I don't care who, like the project needs to, the outcome needs to be great. So let's focus on what you can do well. Let's get the best people to do these things very well, which means sometimes we have to break it down to the bare essentials so that we can get the best outcome. That's the the problem is, is that when you say, okay, it's productivity, people tend to think about things quantifiably. They don't think about it qualitatively nearly as much. And I think the Mm -hmm. same things apply when it comes to, you know, the, a healthy lifestyle as they think about it in quantifiable terms without thinking about qualitatively, which, which, and what you guys do is you take the quantifiable stuff and then you use that to help, uh, you know, foster some of the qualitative stuff. Because I think one of the things I've noticed is, yeah, I'm, it's working for me, but it's, it's not a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm okay with being patient along the way, because like you said, it's life. And I think that that's what you don't get with a lot of, Uh, you know, especially a lot of stuff online. It's like immediate results, immediate, immediate. Everyone thinks they want that silver bullet and patience is not preached. It's all about like, I want this today. But if, 
sustainability is not something that you can get in one day. It's something that has to be, it's like a habit. It has to be nurtured, it has to be fostered. And this is what, this is what I've found with, with MetPro um, and, and with what, with what you guys are, are doing, especially again, with all of the pieces put together yeah, yeah. And, and I definitely want to get into part four and five too, because I think yeah. that's important. And then I want to get, and then before we wrap up, I want to talk about the, the planning and prep phase and how yeah. I've done it so that other people can think, oh, this is how you can kind of, you know, combine my, my philosophy of time crafting with, with what I've been doing with MetPro. Beautiful, beautiful. So, you, and everything you just said dovetails beautifully into what is basically the, the fourth element, and that is then uh, nutrition and identifying the levers that are actually going to achieve that first objective we originally talked about, which is whatever you set as your goal. So, once we have baseline, we, we know your genetics, your body type, we know your lifestyle. Your coach has worked closely with you <clears throat> to get to know whether you're a metabolic individual or a strategic and behavioral individual. And oh, by the way, you're probably a little bit of both. Everybody falls somewhere in there. And now it comes down to, okay, what's actually going to be applicable? So my goal today, Mike, is to tell all my secrets. I want I've been trying to shout this stuff from the top, rooftops for years. The whole secret behind getting results is contrast. It's contrast. That's what triggers weight loss. That's what triggers muscular development. That's what triggers change in the body. Our bodies adapt. You spend time in the sun, your skin pigment changes. You start running marathons, your heart actually increases in size and power. You lift heavy weights, your muscles hypertrophy and get bigger. Our bodies adapt. Our metabolism is the exact same way. And so that's why we have to be weary of the get thin quick schemes. We have to be wary of the gimmick strategies because the whole the instant gratification strategy, the problem is you may lose some weight, but your metabolism is going to adapt to that. And then what? Then, then you're funneled into just a, a one-way street of regaining it and then rinse and repeat. And you're in this cycle of yo-yo dieting or crash dieting or where people find themselves where I can lose the weight, but I can't keep it off. That's what I hear so often. So here's how contrast works. It's not about what you eat per se or what exercise you do per se. It's about the difference between what your body is used to and then what you change it to. So uh, every year, we'll take some of uh, our athletes, our competitors to, um, to shows that are competing in physique sports. Uh, somebody will come up to me and say, Mr. Poli, uh, your athletes look great on stage, you know, 5% body fat, right? And there's just shredded bodies. And they say, you know, what do you have a meeting? And, and I always give the tongue in cheek answer, you know, boiled chicken, broccoli, you know, it's like, if I eat that, will I look like them? Nope, you won't. You won't look like them if you eat that. And here's why. It's not that you shouldn't try and eat clean, healthy foods. You should. But the mechanic that got these athletes to their uber lean and uber shredded uh, point is actually the contrast 
So what you didn't see before they're on stage is the, you know, weeks and months of work in the gym, hitting the weights, doing their exercise, increasing their intake, getting their bodies used to higher calories, higher carbohydrates, whatever the season called for. And then once they switch from 4,000 calories worth of, you know, carbs and dense food down to 1,900 calories worth of boiled chicken and broccoli, that contrast, that delta, that difference, that's what causes the body fat to literally incinerate off of them. So it's understanding where leverage is at, which comes back to why metabolic profiling, MetPro, is for baseline testing to see where we're at how much highway we have in front of us for a cutting cycle before we have to go into a metabolic upregulating cycle where we're focused on increasing your metabolism so that way we have leverage for another cutting cycle. It, it's kind of like a magic trick, Mike. People ask me, I say, here's the illustration. You have um, three, three neighbors, three women um, who are all friends and they all go on the same diet together. They decide to do this together. And one of them gains weight, one of them loses weight, and one of them stays the same weight. Well, I can magically tell you via estimation pretty accurately what they were used to eating before they started that diet. Let's say they would go on this meal plan, 1,500 calories, whatever. Well, the one who lost weight was used to eating more than that before she began. The one who gained weight was used to eating less than that before she began. And the one who stayed the same weight was used to eating about that intake. So it's not rocket science. It's looking at the actual real-time data, extrapolating some very simple takeaways and building a strategy around it. And here's the part that is the challenge. Your metabolism's job is to maintain homeostasis, and I can prove that. The job of your metabolism is to acclimate or adapt to your nutritional intake. So this is how, and I'll, I'll try and be brief with this, but this is how I try and get people just to think about the topic. If nothing else comes from this conversation is I want you to think about metabolism differently moving forward. Uh, Mike, when you think of someone with a fast metabolism, what do you think of? Me at... Uh... 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but someone who can eat whatever they want and not gain a pound. There you go. Now, I want to I want to tell I want to explain to you what you just described. We usually think of, you know, the picture of the fitness magazine, the runners in the park, you know, they have fast metabolism. And th that's all accurate. That's great. Uh, you know, uh, some Olympic athletes, you know, were famously known for their caloric consumption. Michael Phelps was known for like 6,000 calories a day. These guys have puny metabolisms when compared to, now this is an extreme example, but hopefully it'll drive home the point. Have you ever seen those like Discovery Health shows with a, you know, 900 pound man getting taken out of his house, like in a crane? Okay. So, so we all, if you haven't seen those shows, you've seen the, the commercials, right? So the, the, the nutritionists and the dietitians who work with these people, um, you know, and there's a little bit of Hollywood. They show, you know, three, two liter bottles of Pepsi and two whole pizzas and two things of fried chicken, you know, and they do the tally that they're eating, you know, 
11,000 calories a day. So when these guys go on a diet of 5,000 calories a day or 4,000 calories a day, they drop weight. It just falls off of them. Sometimes, I mean, at that size, there's, there's other factors in water, et cetera, but they'll sometimes lose 10 pounds a day just starting that contrast. How much weight would you lose, Mike, if I put you on 5,000 calories a day? <laughs> now? Oh, man. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I would not be able to sit in this chair. Right? Yep. So, so the point is, just when what we think of, when we think of metabolism, may be a little skewered by marketing and the industry from actual biology. The job of the metabolism is to speed up and acclimate to your nutritional environment. Now, in the case of these hyper-obese people, these morbidly obese people, uh, that they're in a bad situation, of course, health-wise, uh, medically. Uh, but the fact is, their metabolisms are trying to stretch themselves to keep up with this overconsumption, which means it's getting faster. Now, here's the the functional, the day-to-day -day relatable illustration of this. Whenever I do my seminars, I'll pick one petite gal out of the crowd and I'll, you know, okay, here, Julie in the front. Say, Julie, how much do you weigh? I weigh 125 pounds. Perfect. What would happen, Julie, if you changed nothing about your diet, nothing about your exercise except one piece? Every night before bed, you ate a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, a thousand calories right before bed invariably, and I've asked this question hundreds of times, invariably, she'll laugh and she'll say, well, I'll be happy. <laughs> you know, I'd love to have the ice cream before, but I'll gain weight. I say, correct. How much weight would you gain in 30 days? And invariably, they'll almost every woman I've asked this question to will give me about the same answer. She'll say, I'll gain between five and 15 pounds. Uh, that, those are the responses that I'll hear. Now, you're not a metabolic expert. You're not a, a fitness trainer. Um, I am a metabolic expert. I am a fitness trainer. And you know what I have to say about that? You're right. You're spot on. You know your body. Your intuition is spot on based on the data points that I've seen with thousands and thousands of people. You'd probably gain somewhere between 5 and 15 pounds. Now I turn to the audience and I say, now here's the question. How much weight does Julie gain? in one year of eating that pint of Ben and Jerry's every night before bed. And they think, and then I'll turn, I'll ask, Julie, you're the expert. How much would you gain? She goes, 20, 25 pounds. It's about right. Yep. Now let's do the math and we're going to see what an absolute catastrophe um, our current understanding of the metabolism is. Now let's do the math. So 1,000 calories a night, there's 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. So that's 7,000 calories a week. That should be two pounds a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. By our current understanding, she should gain 104 pounds in one year. Does anyone in the audience think she'll gain 104 pounds? Not a single taker. Never. So what does that mean? Well, unless you believe she's going to gain 104 pounds, it means that Ben and Jerry's ice cream speeds her metabolism. And it does. Now, don't leave this podcast and go, Mr. Poli said. <laughs> <laughs> we missed the point. <laughs> no, because she's still going to gain 20, 25 pounds that she will not be happy about. But proportionately, 
the metabolism is not going to be stopped from doing its job. It's going to acclimate to that increased intake because your body knows that if you stay in a state of perpetual weight gain or weight loss, you die. So it has to adapt to what you're doing. Otherwise, when you go on a, a diet that you, and you lose all the weight you want on a diet, what would stop you from continuing to lose weight until you literally wasted away and died? Yeah, which is why doc, like when they always say before you go on a program, consult your doctor, right? Because right. there is like, there is that risk there, right? Your body finds a way to adapt. So that's extreme, you know, almost comical examples. Now, real life application of how I work with my pro athletes that are getting paid literally millions of dollars to be on the field, how I work with my a-list celebrities that are going to be on TV when you turn it on tomorrow night. That I, the way that I work with absolute most elite of the elite, um, power lifters, bodybuilders, figure models, you name it. You know what I do with them? The exact same thing I would do with my grandparents, calling me, asking me for a little bit more energy and a little bit better quality of life. I evaluate how their body is responding. And I challenge it by changing the inputs and force it to adapt until the data tells me I have enough leverage. So I can hear the questions already. What's better, low carb or low calorie or this or that or the other? The answer is what's best is what gives you the most leverage. So for one person, I may manipulate calories more than carbohydrates because I have more to manipulate there. For another person, I may manipulate their carbohydrates more because I don't have as much room with calories. And without the data points, we'll never really know. We're just guessing. So that's where the strategy comes. Really, you're saying when some, it's the same thing I get when people say, well, what app should I use for productivity? Like for my to-do, I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, I don't know. Like, are you a paper person? Do you work in a large organ? Like, I need to have more data so that, and I go, you know, do you like working on paper? Like, do you need to, maybe you need to use both. Like it's the, it's, it's all about how, you know, whatever is going to work for you personally. And that's basically what you're saying in this instance too, is like, look, I can't tell you, we're going to have to try different things to figure it out. But it, and, and it's, I think like what I've noticed is it's a, and I, I'm sure you're going to say it, it's, it's, it's a constantly evolving process too, right? Because you said yeah. the body adapts. So things, things need, you, the, the only constant is change, right? So you will have to evolve. And, and, the, the great thing about this, and I, I want to touch on this before we wrap up, is this idea of prepping and planning meals is people say, okay, how am I going to make time to do that? Oh, my God, I can't believe I have to have the same thing all the time. Uh, but, you know, it's going to take so long. And I come across this all the time with my work, too, where I say, hey, you know what? You need to break down yeah. your to-do list to the smallest increment. So if you've got right report, you need to break it down. Oh, my God, my to-do list is so much bigger now. I'm like, no, it's not. It just you see it all. Like that's all, yeah. all you're doing is you're seeing everything. So it's actually no bigger. You're just giving your brain a better clue as to what you actually need to do versus, you know, right. Having, you know, work on report, uh, you know, go grocery shopping. I mean, that's a project, but you could break it down to like, well, I don't really need to go grocery shopping. I just need to pick up milk. Oh, okay. Well, that's a lot easier. Your brain wraps its head around that a lot easier when it comes to the the prep stuff. What I, what I really liked about doing this 
is I, I have daily themes, right? And I, I mean, again, I've evolved this over time. I didn't have seven daily themes right out of the gate when it came to crafting my time. I had, you know, one, maybe two. So I had, I didn't have a, a week's worth of daily themes. I had one, right? And then I'm sure invariably, you know, you have one too. You just don't think about it in that, in, that, in those terms if you're listening right now. So I have a planning day. Well, what falls into planning day? You know, what kind of activities fall into planning day? As soon as I started, you know, using Matt Pro, I'm like, well, meal planning. But the thing is, is that, but, but here's the funny thing is that my brain went, oh, I can't plan seven days worth of meals. The food will go bad. Like, well, Uh hold on a second. Uh Yeah. Hold on a second. But I can do one, two, three. I can do that. Or, 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 and so, so that's the thing. So I could, but this is the great thing. Again, the flexibility. I could do three days worth. Or I could do seven days worth of an afternoon snack of non-perishable food, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So if there is that. You so once you get past the bias, the confirmation bias, all those cognitive biases that show up that say, "Oh no, there's no way I can." Of course you can. It, you may not be able to do it all, but you could. And then, oh, it's going to take so long. And I'm going <laughs> to tell you, the first time you do it, yep. It's going to, but then you're going to find some hacks. I've got a sous vide machine, for example, so I can cook all of my chicken in one go and I can cook it and then just freeze it. So it's ready to go. I can do the same thing with, and you know, all of a sudden the sous vide machine that my wife says, we only use every once in a while. Guess what? It's getting used twice a week. Um, You know, so now all of a sudden I can say Sunday is definitively a day where I do some meal planning and preparation, not all, but I do some. And then, you know, on a Wednesday, like today, we're recording this on a Thursday. I'm at the point now where I have my meals for Thursday. I've got to do at least Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So three days. So invariably, so, but you get better at it. You figure out, and then you can decide where am I willing to, and this comes back to the first point you brought up about priority, priority hierarchy is what, where am I willing to make sure that I have variation and where am I not? So again, the afternoon snack, I don't mind having a rice cake with almond butter and jerky seven days a week because it's the it's a small meal it doesn't it's I'm, I'm simple a, right it's simple i can get that done and then much like the checking off of an email or much like those look i got seven seven snacks prepped boom 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 that's seven little dopamine hits i just got <laughs> right so so then what i can do is i can say okay so the mornings so really all now i'm doing is planning you know uh today i'll i know what i'm gonna have for my morning and afternoon snacks Uh, Those are fairly consistent. So now instead of saying, I've got to plan, oh my God, I've got to plan three days worth. That's 12 because I know I don't do dinner. So that's good. So that's 12. Oh no, wait, now I only have to do six because the other ones I already know what to do. And they're in my head already. I know how to make them. So now all of a sudden I'm just planning, you know, two days worth. And then all I do is I'm like, okay, well on some days I'll say, okay, well, I'm going to do the same meal but I'm going to have a split by two days. So I'll do, you know, Friday will be the same breakfast as I do Sunday. And then, you know, I'll vary it up and you get better at it. Like anything else, it's a skill. Like you talked it's about skill. So I don't sit back and go, Oh my God, I have to, what am I going to do? And yeah, you'll get tired of some of the food. There's no question. And yeah, like, but that's going to happen anyways. You're going to get tired <laughs> of that, whether you plan it or not, but what, how this saves time in so many different ways is number one, you're, you're doing all that stuff up front. You're doing like an hour of meal prep versus doing 15 to 20, five times more or more yeah. than that. Not only that, but you're eliminating decision fatigue, which, which Ooh, will, I like that, right? Because I know as soon as I'm done talking to you, Angelo, that my morning snack is waiting for me. 
I know what it is. I don't have to think about what it's going to be. I have more important things to think about. And I also don't have to think about the effect it's going to have on me because I already know because the data is there. So I, yep. so it, it, what it does is it's freeing. It's that the framework fosters the freedom. So now instead of me thinking, Oh, what am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to have for a snack? I can go, you know what? I'm, I already know. I already know. And <laughs> again, if you say I'm going to prep all my lunches instead of doing all, then if you've got four days worth of lunches prepped and you go, okay, well, I'm going to assign each one a day, or you don't even have to do that. You can say, these are four lunches. I get to decide what day I'm going to have this lunch. So you can look in the fridge and instead of saying, what am I going to have for lunch? And there's just this cornucopia of food. Instead, you could have, oh, there's four different options. Or if you want to get really rigid, well, here's the thing I marked that said Thursday lunch. So this is what I'm going to have. There is a lot of flexibility in there. Once you get past that bias in your head of like, oh man, but I don't have, that means I, I'm going to have to eat the same thing. I'm going to have to, it's not that. It's it's just like the whole thing with having the same articles of, clo- you know, like which Steve Jobs used to have wear the same clothes all the time. You eliminate yeah. the decision factor between, which saves you time so that you can focus your brain power, your energy, your attention on the things that really need it, such as in this case, doing a podcast or spending time with your family because you are, and you're saving money too. That's the other thing too. A lot of people will say, oh man, but then, you know, you know, I I don't know what to eat. So, oh, we've had such a busy day. I guess we'll order in. That costs more money, right? So there's so many benefits to just slowing down for a second and thinking how, what if I just took an hour every every three, four days and prepped four to five meals, depending. And again, if you've got kids, you're going to be like me. You're not going to, you may not plan your dinners specifically because you don't know, you don't want to make, let's say the rest of your family beholden to this, but it does. There's so many side effects that you don't think about, but if you slow down and take time to think about it, you're like, wait, I don't have to think about it, which lowers my ability to have to spend time deciding, which also means I'm going to save money because they're already prepped in advance. And then the other great thing is if it's there and you decide, you know what, I'm going to have a different snack today or whatever, or you know what, I'm out. Oops, I forgot. Oh, well, at least I have my snack for tomorrow. <laughs> There's lots of different things that you don't think about. Wow. My, how, like how long, have you, how, how long have you been working with Megan in, in that probe Three weeks. Process? A little bit, about a little over three weeks. That's awesome, Mike. You know, if this podcasting thing never doesn't work out, I think you'd make a pretty solid coach. Come on over to MetPro, man. You've got it dialed. <laughs> you said right off the top, time management. It yeah. There are so many, the principles of, and again, it's not just MetPro and it's not just like any good program, whether it's related to health and lifestyle, whether it's related to productivity, whatever. Once you have like anything that's built solidly, and again, having that coach is helpful too, because I know when I work with clients, they're like, oh, there's no way I could see my days. I'm like, well, when do you do your housework? Well, I do it on Saturdays. Well, when do you do your gardening? Saturdays. Well, when do you do it? like, so what you're saying is Saturday is like kind of like your household day. Yeah, but oh, like, yeah, you're already doing it. So just own it. Just say, hey, Saturday's household day. And then your brain, when you have to change a light bulb in your office and you've got like three lights in your office and you're like, okay, well, oh my God, that light bulb's burnt out. I better go change that light bulb now. You go, no, wait a minute, hold on. I can still see. I'll just put it on my to-do list. When am I going to do it? Oh, I'll do it Saturday when it's household day, right? Like you can just start to create these, these pathways that that's make awesome. it easier. And that's one of the things that it took. And by the way, I was not sold on like, oh my God, meal planning, all that stuff. Like I was thinking- Initially, I'm going to have to plan 
oh God, it's going to take so much time. And the first time I did it, it took two hours. It did. Right. I did. I, I, yeah. It did. And, and, but it's the same thing that happens when you start a new app or you start using a new productivity uh, methodology. It's going to take time, but then it becomes baked in and you figure out these little hacks that will help you so that you don't have to, so that it becomes truncated. Like time, the time and attention it takes, you don't have to worry about the payoff is huge. It's like anything else. You're going to have to do that. The, the work up front is going to take time initially, but once you keep doing it consistently, it just makes sense. And then it becomes part of what just, it just becomes part of what you do. So let me interject because uh, I'm going to save you from getting a few emails from your listeners (laughs) because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a few emails saying, hey, Mike, I tried out working uh, with with a MetPro coach and uh, I didn't have any snacks or I didn't have this or my meal plan was totally different. So uh, what what you've experienced was based off of after that initial 72 hour period where it was fairly structured and the framework was a little bit heavier. Um, Everything that you've experienced since has been based on Megan has evaluated your data. She got to know you, your your lifestyle, your schedule, and she concluded that you would be able to, and accurately so, it sounds like, follow through with snacks and a schedule like this. There are others that we may, because we may, we have three meal a day protocols, four meal a day protocols, five meal a day protocols, which is what I'm guessing you're currently on. But we have six and seven meal a day protocols. Also, we got athletes that we work with that, you know, actually need even more frequent fueling. And then we have meal plans that will shift for a lot of my clients I have on four to five meals a day, depending on what they're doing. Um, When we're doing a performance cycle, I'll push them. I can't, I can't ask them to do this long-term, but if I say, Hey, for 10 days, could we stretch that? Can we prep and go to six meals a day? And if it's for a finite amount of time, usually they can, they can reach that stretch goal, but they know that, Hey, the next week I'm going to be vacationing with my family no problem. I'm going to have just a breakfast, lunch, dinner strategy laid out for you. It'll give you flexibility for that week. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And I think, and I think that's the key, right? Is, and this is where, so again, it's like, you know, when people read my work about productivity and time crafting, they, they get the bait, they get the, the generalized version, like, Hey, theme your time, do this, the horizontal theming, all that. But when they, when I have people actually work with me, we can, because you get to know them, right? You get to say, okay, oh, this is your lifestyle. This is how this works. Okay, you know what? You can't theme your days because your days are so dynamic, at least at the office. But what if you have uh, a daily theme like called looking, right? Like you're going to spend, mo- your overarching focus is going to be looking at things. So that's reading, that's researching, that's watching things. So, you know, uh, when you get home from the office at 5 p.m., instead of just saying, oh, uh, my day is done, I'm going to go watch Netflix and, you know, do all that stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I'm home now now it's time for me to transition to this, this daily theme. Oh, great. I can do that. So when you work with someone specifically, and this is what I've noticed, and this is why, like when I touched on the accountability piece earlier, I think it's really important to note that when you have that person that, 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 and and especially the person that's measuring, like that's seeing the story, right. That, and the story is accurate. I think that's the other thing too, is that, you know, if you're telling the story properly, if you're, you're sharing it, 
then again, the data is more accurate. So then your coach can say, okay, well, this is, you know, because there's nothing worse that I found when I've worked with clients. And I still do where I, you know, they meet with me week one. And then I say, you need to schedule an appointment with me, you know, within the next two weeks. And then they don't meet with me for another month. And I'm like, okay, well, what happened? And they're like, well, I was doing it for a week and then I stopped. I'm like, well, okay. And now where are you? I'm exactly where I was before. I'm like, exactly. Because you didn't have, (laughs) so I think that that, that's the other piece, right? You have to, uh, it's a two-way street, number one. But also the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, it's going to be personalized. It's going to be what, what is happening for me right now with MetPro is going to be different than what happens for you and you and you and you and you. And that's right. why when my wife yeah. looked at the program, she says, oh, I'm going to do some meal prep for you. She's like, I can't do this for me. I'm like, no, because this is a very specific meal plan for me. If you would be doing it for yourself, you would have to, it would be completely different. And she, we have different body types, everything Mm -hmm. like that. So, so I think that, that that's the other, like, I'm glad you brought that up because when people say, Hey Mike, well, how come you only have five and I have four or six or whatever? It's like, well, it's going to be different, but the principles still apply, right? The principles of decision of lowering that decision fatigue of, you know, doing that planning, that preparation is still critical because that's, I think that's one of the key time management pieces that we're getting to. Mike, you know what? We have to do another one of these. We'd, we'd, we didn't even get to number five. We have talked zero about the science of training and fitness and time allocation for that. And you know what? We'll, we will do another. We'll do a follow-up. The reason is because I'm just starting the training component now. So That's I'm just fantastic. starting it because uh, I had a shoulder injury. I've been working with a personal trainer and I did end up uh, doing a sh- having a shoulder injury. So we had to delay that a bit. Again, that's part of the story. So mm-hmm. we delayed it. I've just started doing the fitness component now. So what we should do is we'll do a follow-up. may not be the very next episode, but, but uh, I wanted to get to definitely to the metabolic profiling component. I think that that's, there is that magic there that you talked about, which I don't, which I think is, and I'm, I've been a, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan um, and, and I'm really happy with the results I'm seeing so far. Uh, and, and again, it, like I said, it's a two way street. I'm really happy with it and I'm going to keep telling my story That's great. and, That's uh, great. and I'm really pleased to have had you on the show. So where can people, uh, between now and the next time we chat, uh, find out more about you and about MetPro? Well, huge. Thank you. Uh, Mike. Uh, so uh, now if, if someone goes to, for your listeners, if somebody goes to metpro.co, forward slash timecrafting. So metpro.co forward slash timecrafting. Um, I, I really appreciate you you letting us uh, provide this opportunity to listeners. You'll actually have the opportunity to schedule an appointment to talk with someone, not some call center somewhere in, you know, somewhere with 50 people answering the phone. You're going to talk with one of three or four experts who are actually going to want to get to know you. And so the advice that I tell people is if you're thinking about calling and just talking with one of our experts and going through a consultation is be prepared to just open up, share, because they're going to have a lot of questions for you. And the more data you're willing to share, the more specific they're going to be with, you know, we've seen this before. This is what we've done. This is the outcome that we expect to see. And here's how I think it will look for you because each person's path is highly individual. But again, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on, Mike. And go to metpro.co forward slash timecrafting and, and get a, take, take advantage of the free consultation. Angelo, thanks so much for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. 
So I'll, I think this is the longest episode I've done. But and there was more to cover too. Angelo and I had to wrap things up because we both had to get on with our day. I mean, there was lots of things that we didn't even get, like you said, to the fifth point. I'm going to have Angelo back on. And now here's the thing is that I'm going to bring Angelo back onto the show in the, in the future, hopefully not too distant future, um, if you're listening to this as the episode goes live. Uh, but this episode as well, you know, I mean, that this was something that we we said we were going to do as part of the, pro, the promotional component that I was telling you about at the top of the show. But this second interview, no, I'm just doing it because uh, I'm really, really happy with the results I'm getting from MetPro so far. And we're going to wait until I've gone through the fitness component a little bit further so that we can bring that up to bear and then talk a little bit more about things, you know, the the the, the process behind it. There's a lot more that we can discuss. Uh, so I really want to thank Angela for taking the time to join me today. And again, if you go to metpro.co slash timecrafting, uh, you'll get that that special offer that he mentioned. You'll get that uh, complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert. Uh, again, I, have to, I, I can't stress this enough. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't believe in what they were offering. I don't do that when it comes to the work I do here, both on the podcast and with Productivityist in general and, and the blog and all that stuff. So again, thanks to Angelo for joining me. I know there was a lot of information packed into this episode. Maybe go back and listen to it again. If you like this episode and you enjoyed it and you want to hear more like it, uh, you can either send me an email to podcast at productivityist.com because that'll be direct. But another way that you can kind of extol the virtues of this episode and maybe other episodes you've listened to is to give the podcast a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, wherever you are listening to podcasts. Uh, because that just it, what it does, it gives us the story, us the data that we need so that we can make the show better and learn what to improve and what what maybe we need to, uh, you know, what, what we're doing well as well. So not just what we need to improve upon, but what we could do uh, to to what we should keep doing because of what you're, you're, you're getting out of the show. And if you, uh, you're still not, you know, you're, you're new to the podcast you're like, this was cool. I want to hear more. Subscribe to the podcast again, Apple podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts, you can subscribe to the show. And also don't forget, I have a daily podcast as well. Um, you may not be aware of this, but I have a daily podcast called three minutes of time crafting. It's three minutes long. It's published every day, seven days a week. Uh, you can also find that podcast in, uh, any of the podcast platforms as well. Uh, so if you, you're not getting enough of Mike Vardy, and time crafting and all that stuff during uh, during uh, this particular weekly show, the Productivityist podcast. And you just want to hear me talk about what I know and no guests, no, none of that stuff. Uh, again, three minutes of time crafting. You can uh, subscribe to that show or give that show a listen wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, that's it for this episode. Again, big thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Text Expander. Again, visit textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off of your first year of Text Expander. I love Text Expander. I know you will too. So check that out. Thanks to Connie for putting the show notes together as always. Thanks to John Polster for producing the show. And thanks to you for listening. That's it for this week. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later. <laughs>